Okay, so tonight, this class is on discovering my mission. Who knows what a mission is? Oh, here's the thing. I, I, I should have started this way. Because this class is so small, I'm going to try to get some interaction. I think the point of these iGros is maybe less to hear somebody talk the whole time and maybe get a little bit of interaction going. So I'm not going to call on anybody right away, um, but I, I probably will just uh, just have fun with it. So who knows what a mission is or who could give me their definition of a mission? Because you all signed up for a class called Discovering My Mission. <laughs> How about discovery? Who knows what discovery is? Seek out. Seek out? Seek to find? Okay. My? What's that? Anybody got my? <laughs> Come on, that's an easy one. <laughs> Stefan, give me it. Something you're trying to complete. Okay. Okay, like a task, task put before you. Okay. So, so discovering my mission would be something, would be a task that we are searching out. How many of you have had a mission? How many of you are list people? I'm a list person. Who's not? I don't know how you guys do it. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a list. I'm a list person. Why? Because I have to put something in front of me in order to continually pursue it. Okay? I think you guys are left brain. Left brain, right brain. Uh, free spirit. Dave Ramsey is free spirit. Um, the point of a mission is to always keep us striving in the right direction. If For me, if I don't have goals, if I don't have a mission, if I don't have a list... Oftentimes I'll find myself in this place called lazy. Anybody ever been there? And when I'm lazy, I, I just become catatonic. I literally become like a cat on the back of a couch. Because I don't have anything to do. I don't have a direction. I don't have a purpose. I don't have a mission. And so the, the concept and the idea of this class is to find and discover, to discover that, that mission. Because what I feel is when we really grasp a hold of the mission of Jesus Christ, it, 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 does, it does one very important thing. It propels us in the gospel. It, it really establishes our feet to begin to move in the right direction. Because I think sometimes, and this is a mixed crowd of class. Uh, we, have, we have an elder, we have youth, and we got everybody in the middle. And I think sometimes when we get into the kingdom... We are preached so much the plan of salvation, which is the greatest message ever given to this world. And we hear repent, and we hear baptize, and we hear filled with the Holy Spirit. And once we get there, we don't know what to do next. We don't know where to travel and go next. And we kind of get stuck in this state of what I like to refer to as a washing machine, where we just continue to repeat the cycles. Because that's all we know. That's our mission. Our mission from the time that we were little kids, learning in the preteen, and even in the Sunday school classroom, was to repent. God, repent of your sins. It was to be baptized in the name of Jesus, which a lot of people are at the age of 11, 12, 10, younger. And then filled with the Holy Ghost, which a lot of people are younger. And then they just get stuck because they don't continue forward with the mission. I found myself there. Anybody that's honest in this room would say, yeah, a lot of times I've set some things off to the side and I've just kind of wandered. 
Well, when you know what your mission is, you don't wander. Everybody remember uh, Moses when he was out in the desert and he came across this burning bush? He was just a wanderer. He wasn't a bad guy. He was taking care of the sheep. He was a wanderer, but he wasn't doing the mission that God had put him on. And once he had that burning bush experience, he got a hold of the mission. And the mission was to free some two, three million people in Egypt. And I really believe that when we hear this greatest revival, how, how many have heard this? This is the generation that's going to be a part of the greatest revival. Some of you are like, <laughs> I don't know how that's going to happen. How it's going to happen is it's God's mission. And once we really grab a hold of that mission, I believe we're going to start seeing what the, the, the apostles saw in the New Testament, where the church is going to be added to daily. But it, but it takes the whole body getting a hold of the mission. Because if Josh, ooh, that's a lot of back feet. If Josh is the only one that has a hold of the mission and the rest of us are catatonic, what starts to happen is we start to slow him down. Because he's trying to work through the body and he's trying to do the mission, but he's always got to go around Brother Grimaud. And he's always got to go around me. And so I realize this is just an eye grow class and it's the first night, but, but really if you think about it, this is where our feet get traction. And, and this is where we really start to like, okay, Am I going to grab a hold of this mission tonight? Or am I just going to set it back down and wait till somebody else picks it up? Because that's, that's the only two options. Is to pick it up and take it, or just to leave it where we found it, and hopefully somebody else comes along later and grabs a hold of it. What I want you to do is on your paper, on the back, turn your paper over. And on the back, I want you to write out what is your mission in the kingdom. This is part, there's no right or wrong answer, by the way. What is your mission in the kingdom? Because this is your, this is your level set. This is where you're at. And I'm hoping after I'm done teaching, it, it either solidifies what you put down or it brings you closer to where God wants us to be. And the second thing I want you to put down is, so that was what is your, what was, what is your mission in the kingdom. Now I want you to put down what is your spot in that mission. We look at the body of Christ sometimes and we think of it as this huge, giant organism. The body of Christ is us individually. When we come together, we make the bride. But really, if, if, if we don't have that relational impact with the Lord, then, then we're really not a living part of the organism. Are we? Does anybody have their Bibles, Bible app tonight? Good, turn them on. I'm going to ask some readers. I like teaching a smaller group. And I like it being closer together because you can get some interaction. You can like really sense when people are nervous. <laughs> I think it's great. Brother Grimaud, can you turn to Proverbs 16 and 4 for me? Sister Kelly, can you go to Ephesians 2 and 10? So before we're going to start about discovering my mission, we're going to talk about the Lord and what the Lord says his purpose, the purpose for us is. Brother Grimaud, can you read that? Ephesians 2 and 10. 
The Lord hath made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. For his own purpose, everything God created. For the purpose of God created he this, day one, day two, day three, day four, five, six, and then he rested on seven. How many of you thought that God created this for you? (laughs) This was all created for God's purpose. We were created for God's purpose. And as young individuals and old individuals, we will oftentimes insert ourselves. And Brother Grimaud said it jokingly with serious connotation behind it. We will oftentimes insert ourselves as this world revolves around me. And we will. Do you need something? I'm sorry. Did you need me? Oh, yep. And we will oftentimes think that the purpose that God created this planet was so that Adam and Eve could live in the garden forever. The purpose of Adam and Eve was so they could walk in the cool of the day with God. And every time we live and we wake up and we go about our business and we don't have anything to do with the Lord, we are not fulfilling the purpose. I was created to fulfill God's purpose. You were created to fulfill God's purpose. Everything has a purpose. Now, I'm not preaching the, the, uh, the California doctrine of purpose-driven church. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is when you realize what your purpose is and your purpose is in the kingdom, it puts a little pet behind your step. When you realize the passion and the purpose that's going to drive you and propel you, it starts to make you think a little bit different. It starts to put a little different perspective on your attitude. Our whole existence here on this planet has everything to do with God. And the farther we walk away from him, the less meaningless our life gets. Do we not see that in the socio-economics of society? In the political world of society, do we not see how far and we, we walk away from God and how worse things have got? People are divided. Parties are divided. We're broken down into colors. And it's not uh, skin color. It's party color. There's division, those people, those people. And it's all, all of our basis is supposed to be in the kingdom. There's one kingdom. There's not several kingdoms. And that purpose was for God. Sister Kelly, can you read Ephesians for me? For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the things he planned for us long ago. He has created us to do the works that he planned for us long ago. He planned my life's mission before I was even born. What was that scripture? Ephesians 2.10. He planned our life's mission before we were even born. Some people will take a hold of what I just said and they will say, oh, predestiny. We're predestined. No, because there's something in us that's called free will. God puts orders and he puts steps in our life. Have you ever noticed when things are just really easy and you're just almost coasting is the word we use? And then other times it's just a struggle. Well, there's plans and steps that God has literally put into our lives. And when we follow those plans and we follow that path, nine times out of ten, we're going to be able to just walk with the Lord. When Adam and Eve walked with the Lord, 
They were, they were the happiest in their life. It was when they sinned and sin entered into the garden and they had to kill. Something had to die. That's when they were kicked out. That's when everything changed. The curse and all of this stuff. But God has, has our life's mission before we were ever even born. Before we were even thought of. Before our parents thought about us. We're all old enough to know how that works, right? Birth. Landon. We'll have that conversation when we get home. <laughs> But before we were even thought of, God had this plan set in motion for our lives. His purpose. It's about His purpose. And it's to worship and to be a part of His kingdom. And whenever we go around that, we really begin to move outside of the mission. God had created a purpose uh, for us to be complete in our life. There is a mission that He has specifically set for Josh. There is a mission that he has specifically set for Jake and Stefan. There is a mission that he specifically has set for each one of us. Brother Germod has a voice. And his voice ranges in all kinds of octaves, but it's, it's, it's specific to him. Nobody can have his exact voice. You can have people that can try to replicate it and they can sort of sound like it. But that's Brother Germod's special voice. You all have a unique voice in this kingdom. That God has ordained before you were even thought of. That's how special we are. That's how important we are. And when it comes to our mission, we have, a, we have two things. And this is on your sheet, first two. Your life mission has both universal elements, what God calls every Christian to do, and unique elements, what God custom designs For you specifically to do unique elements and universal elements. Who's got their Bibles? Who else got some Bible apps? Josh, you got a Bible app? Can you turn to John 17 and 4? Chase, you got a Bible back there? Yeah. Can you go to Acts 20 and 24? For you young folks in here, I don't know if you realize this or not. I'm coming around to you. I'm coming around. So get your Bibles ready. Josh, you want to read that for me? I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. Complete. The mission, the purpose, it's in the completion. This was Jesus right before going to the cross in the Garden of Gethsemane. This was Jesus talking outside of himself. Jesus often talked in the third and the first person. This was him saying, I have completed the mission. Paul says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. We've heard that scripture before. Our job is to go and to fulfill the mission. Our job is to complete the work. It's the job that Christ came to do. Jesus praying as as a man. Fulfilling my mission brings glory to God. We raise our hands in worship, don't we? And we say glory, don't we? You know, you ever heard the expression, actions speak louder than words? You know what really glorifies God? I'm not taking away from the worship. But you know what really glorifies Him? When we live the mission. When we live the Gospels. When we live after His plan. It was the whole reason Jesus robed Himself to give us that example of what it looks like. Are we going to be perfect? No, we're not going to be perfect. We're not. That's also why He gave us grace. It's also why He gave us mercy. So that we can get back up with our eyes focused on the mission and we can continue to push forward. He gave us an example of what we should do here on earth. If completing the work he has for us brings him glory. If your mission that you wrote down was to bring God's glory, that's it. That's wrapped up right there. You're done. You can walk out. You can head on out the door at 20 after. 
But it's all a part of implementing his mission. It's not a part of you implementing your own mission. It's all a part of him, of us implementing God's mission. Chase, can you read uh, Acts for me? But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy in the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus and testify to the gospel of the grace of God. I have completed my mission. My primary task in this life should be to fulfill God's mission. Above everything else, the most important thing, complete the mission that God has for me. People who make lists. People who don't. Again, I don't know how you function. But people who make lists. When you check mark off that last list, doesn't it feel like it's just a great, like, yes. My wife makes lists for me. And they're usually things to do around the house. Does Tom make those for you? Because <laughs> I know you're the handy worker around the house. She makes them for me. And my lists are like four years long. <laughs> because that's how long it's taken me to start working on them. And, but once I get something done on that list and once I accomplish something, there is just this joy that comes. It's the same with the mission of the gospel. The gospel is not a burden. The mission of God is not a burden. It's a privilege. It's a joy for us to be a part of. It's a opportunity that we have been given. Uh, where am I at? Okay. So this is the, this is the goal. That, that we commit the rest of our lives to being a messenger of God's good news to other people. That's it. That's the mission. That we commit the rest of our lives to being a messenger of God's good news to other people. The Bible says in the last days, men will become what? Lovers of their own selves. Everybody in here has an ego. Everybody in here has pride. Everybody in here has flesh. So that means everything that comes with the flesh, everybody has in here. And the Holy Spirit allows us to keep that flesh in check. And when we walk in the Holy Spirit, we walk in the mission of God because Christ literally is dwelling in us. That's the sign of the evidence of speaking in other tongues. You're not speaking in a heavenly language. God is using you as a conduit to shout out to the heavens to let him know that you belong to him. To let this world, to let this spiritual realm know that you belong to him. If I'm filled with the Holy Ghost and I'm not working on the mission of God, there's something going on there. There's something going on. If I'm not using the opportunities to take this message and this good news to other people. Now that looks different in many different ways. That looks through your continents. That looks through your interactions. That's not just going to somebody's door and going, can I give you a Bible study? That's not how it looks. So please don't, don't get caught up on that. But if I'm not constantly striving to take this mission and this gospel and put feet on it then there's something wrong. There's something wrong with with my direction that I'm moving. There's something wrong with the decisions that I'm making. And oftentimes, it's not because there's something wrong with the mission, because the mission hasn't changed since the beginning of the Bible. What happens is, is my direction gets changed. And I start to focus a little bit on me. Anybody ever focused on themselves? Yes. Start to put a little bit more attention I have a red nose tonight. It's not because I'm actually Rudolph. I have a red nose because I have a pimple. Perfect timing because this class of youth that often maybe get pimples. And 
So I'm trying to alleviate the red swelling in my nose so Brother Grimaud doesn't look at me going, is it cold outside? Because <laughs> that's what my daughter asked me. She asked me if it's cold outside. And I said, no, I just have a pimple. But what can happen is we can get so focused on ourselves that we start to lose sight of the mission. And we think that we're the reason, again, that this world revolves around us. And it's really not that. It's really that God has a plan and that he wants to use you and I. And you're saying, when does he want to use you and I? When he wants to use you and I is at that ordained time. And nobody knows that ordained time but God. There's a reason why we go to him in prayer. There's a reason why we fast to get rid of the flesh. There's a reason why we read his word. There's a reason why we do all these things, and that's to grab tightly a hold of the mission. Because this flesh wants nothing more than to steer us away from the mission. Because the more we move away from the mission, the more our desires and our lusts are allowed to live the way that this body wants them to live. The more that we're able to go to that tree that God said don't go to. The more that we're able to go in that direction. Somebody want to go to 2 Corinthians 5 and 9? And then somebody else, 2 Corinthians 10 and 13. By using my time, my talents, and treasures for his kingdom, regardless of where it leads or what it costs. That's what it means about grabbing hold of the mission. No matter what it costs, no matter where it takes me, no matter what my talents are used, no matter what my times are used, that's what it means to get a hold of the mission. Somebody else? What was that scripture again? 2 Corinthians 5 9. Did I not write these down on the handout? Oh, I'm sorry. 2 Corinthians 5 9, and then 2 Corinthians 10 and 13. Who wrote Corinthians? The Apostle Paul, right? And he's talking to this church that he had went and he had dug out. And he started from these Jews, from these, these uh, Gentiles, from uh, these free people, these not free people. He, he had dug out this work on his missionary journeys. And he's writing these letters back and forth to him. And does somebody want to read that, what it says? Five, yes, please. Wherefore we labor that... For the present or absent, we may be accepted of him. We make it our goal to please him where we labor. Where we labor. I have two, four kids. Two of them are in this class. One of them has the, I won't tell you which one. One of them has the job to take out the garbage. I didn't know you were going to be in this class. Sorry, you should have let me know. One of them has the job <laughs> of taking out the garbage. And it doesn't fail. No, no, Jake, that's not the right one. Don't look at that one. <laughs> It never fails that when it's time to take out the garbage, if he's not ready to take out the garbage, his chore becomes a what? His chore becomes a burden. And he gets upset. The way I see it is he got a house to live in, food, clothes, and all the adults are behind me, right? And he's got all of this stuff. He literally has stuff. He's got stuff and he's got enough stuff that it shouldn't bother him. But when it comes time, if he doesn't accept the chore, it becomes a burden. It's the same in the kingdom. 
if we don't grasp the mission and we don't realize that the mission is a privilege, Amen. it becomes a burden. And then when you tell me that I got to go knock on a door, they don't do that in 2020. You can't knock on no doors due to coronavirus. But if the mission, and I'm just using that as an example, please, that's, that's a far extreme. I hope you guys know I'm, I'm everywhere in between that as well. But when the mission is our passion and our purpose, I, I, I'll be quite honest, I don't really care if somebody has COVID and they're, they're potentially going to die from it. Because guess what? If I don't get them the gospel, not only are they going to die, they're going to go to hell. And, and I think we've lost sight of some of this in, in, in what's going on in the world. And I know it's real. I know people that have been affected by it. But I also know people that have died. And I don't know where their soul's going. It's not my job to decide. But I don't know where it's going. And when I read the scripture, it leads me into a direction that they're not going to a place of holy, holy, hallelujah. They're going to a place of darkness and gnashing of teeth. And that's the two choices. And yes, yeah, I did get a little heavy there. I did get a little heavy because the gospel is as heavy. But he chose you. He chose each and every one of us to grab a hold of the mission and to walk with it as a privilege. He could have just sat up there and said, ah. Forget it. They're, they're, they're just horrible. He could have done that, but he didn't. Right? He robed himself in flesh for that privilege. You, you understand. You understand that. Uh, did we read 2 Corinthians 10, 13 yet? Somebody want to grab that? God's plan were to measure up with that spear, with that measure that he's talking about to the church, to measure up to God's plan. We're not supposed to bring God down to us. He already pulled us out of the muck and the mire. Now once he pulls us up and we're walking with the Holy Spirit, it's our job to measure up. Amen. He gives us distinct instructions and directions. Again, if we understand the mission, it's a lot easier to walk the line. Because we can truly make that choice of, yep, I'm, I'm sold out. You ever heard that word? I'm sold out. My mind is made up. Don't make me sing it because it don't sound too good. <laughs> Chase, I'll make you get up here and sing it with me. <laughs> if we're sold out, the mission is it, it's not hard. It's not hard when God starts to talk about standards and holiness. And I'm not talking about that. That's for the pastor. And this isn't this lesson. But it equips itself in the mission. It's not hard. It's not hard to get on our knees and pray. It's not hard to fast. It's not hard to pay our tithes. It's not hard to do things for the kingdom. It's not hard to take the gospel and to tell people who don't know about it. It's not hard to love people. And in this world, it's getting harder and harder to love people. Isn't it? Everybody's got an opinion. And they want to tell you what it is. But when we realize the mission of Jesus Christ and we realize how he walked, he listened. He listened and he loved. And that's what reached the world. We as a church have to get that mission 
I think you guys came here tonight to get more of that mission, to really grab a hold of that mission and to do something with it, or at least put your begin to focus in on it. Because it's the mission that God is calling us into. It's the mission that is going to bring us to that great revival. To discover your mission in this world, you must first understand two things. I don't know if these are on here. God's overall purpose is created human. God's overall purpose in creating human beings and why we're he, why we are here. So number one, discover your mission in this world. You must first understand God's overall purpose in creating human beings and why we're here. And number two, Jesus' mission in coming to earth. What did Jesus come here to do? So those are the two things, and we're going to start with number one, God's purpose for creating us. We have been made to have a relationship with God. We have been made to have a relationship with God. Genesis 1.26 in the NIV says this, Then God said, Let us make man in our own image, in our likeness. We were created after God. We were created in the image of God. I'm not going to get into the theology of, of this because it drags a lot of people down. Let us make man in our own image. I'm not going to get caught in that. What I want you to focus on is the image. The image, the resemblance. We're not just some cattle out in the field. We are literally in the image of God. We are the ones that he took. And he didn't just speak us into existence, but he breathed the breath of life into Adam. We are separated. We are called. We are chosen. We are royal. And we cannot forget this when we go through the mission. Because it's not our mission that we're walking on. It's the mission of the king. And our king is high and lifted up. And when we follow after his mission, it doesn't matter where we go. It doesn't matter what we walk on. It doesn't matter what wants to bite us. It doesn't matter any of that stuff. Because he wins in the end. Did anybody read the end of the Bible? (laughs) He wins in the end. So our mission is not about fulfilling to to help God win. He already won. Our mission isn't like so so, uh, elusive that if I don't make this right decision, oh, the whole kingdom's going to fall apart. No, it's a privilege that I get to take that gospel to somebody else and tell them about my creator. That's it. That's where the heaviness disappears. It isn't up to me if somebody's saved, right? You've heard that before? It's just up to me to take the message. It's just up to me to take the message. But because we get it confused and twisted, sometimes we think we have everything to do with it. And really all as we are is the conduit to get it to the people. Ephesians 1, 4 and 5 says this. Uh, Brother Grimaud, can you go to Romans eight twenty nine for me? Ephesians says, long ago, even before he made the world... God chose us to be his very own through what Christ would do for us. His unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by sending Jesus Christ to die for us. His unchanged plan, adopt into his own family. God's overall purpose for creating human beings were these two things. In the likeness of his image and to his unchanged plan was to bring us into his family was to adopt us, was to bring us in outside of this sin, outside of this body, to take this soul that we all have and combine it with him. Oh, just lost it. 
We are made to become like Christ. That's Romans 8.29. Brother Grimaldi. 8.29. You... Yep. Uh, for when he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be firstborn among many brethren. Conformed to the likeness. Conformed to the identity of the son. How many of you look like Jesus? Yes. That's our plan, right? Yes. To look. What is what does the word Christian mean? Christ like. Christ like. If I'm yelling all the time, I'm not very Christ like. I yell. My kids are in here. I can't lie. When I yell, I'm not Christ like. Josh, that's one of the disadvantages of having your children in the class. When I yell, I'm not Christ like. When I lie, when I cheat, when I steal, when I cuss, when I do things that this world does and it's acceptable, I'm not Christ-like. But the job for me and my mission is to be Christ-like. When Paul is talking to the church in Romans, he's talking about how we were conformed. We were conformed to the likeness of Christ. When we have been filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit, again, to move us away from this washing machine cycle and to put us on the purpose and the mission of God, we have been transformed by the renewing of our mind through the Spirit of God so that we no longer look like this world, but we are transformed to look like Jesus Christ. That's a pretty big work. Some of you didn't know me before I got into church. I had a goatee and a bald head. And I thought I was tough. Can't say too much because my kids are in here. (laughs) But when he transformed me, it all changed. Did it happen overnight? No. No, it didn't happen overnight. But what I found was I got myself in this washing machine cycle. And God just began to turn me. And then I'd go to an altar and repent. And he'd turn me. And I'd go to an altar and repent. And he'd turn me. And I was already baptized. And I already had the Holy Spirit. And he'd refill me. And it just got into this back and forth. That I was doing this back and forth. Right? Anybody there? Been there, done that? And all of a sudden, God grabbed the hold of me and said, what are you doing? What are you doing? You already repented. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Get up and move. Just to be blunt about it. We repent, He forgives us. We go do the same thing. We repent, He forgives us. We go and do the same thing. And it gets to the point where we're like, I'm either going to stop repenting or I'm just going to move on from it. Because God had already forgiven us. Right? Amen. And once we, be, once we decide in our mind, and it is a mind thing. Once we decide in our mind to really get a hold of the mission, we leave all that back there. Literally. We leave it and so does God. Amen. And we begin to focus on this gospel. And we begin to focus on this purpose and this mission that he put in front of us. Now no longer is it about my sin that I left back there at the cross, right? Now it's about this world. And it's about the same thing that he did on Calvary and he showed the disciples. Now we become part of that. Now we begin to be Christ-like. Because now I take it to somebody over here in Samaria who I don't have a good relationship with but I know they need the gospel. Or I take it over here Or I take it over there. Or I take it over there. It's not about me anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's the mission. That's Christ's mission. It was never about him. He didn't want to. He didn't robe himself in flesh just to go. Look how glorious I am. 
He wrapped himself in flesh so we could get the idea of what it's like to be Christ-like. We were made to become Christ-like. Romans 8.29. Brother Grimaud just read that. I'm going to read it in the message. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the onset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. We see the original and intended shape of our lives there in him. If we want to know what our life is supposed to look like, we don't have to go any further than the gospel. Than what Christ's life looked like. Oh, he died. Yeah. He laid his life down for somebody else. That's the mission. What do you mean? I'm supposed to go this or that? No, what it means is our purpose is in others. You hear pastors say it all the time. If you don't love people, there's something wrong. Our purpose is in other people. When we realize that this life is all about Jesus Christ, our bills go away. Our job. It's not, it's not that it's insignificant. It's not that we're supposed to leave it. It's our mission field. Our loves change. Our desires change. And we really start to care about the person over there. It might not look like us, might not talk like us, and might not act like us. Because that's what Jesus did. He ate with the publicans, and he ate with the prostitutes. And here we are thinking that we can only go and witness to somebody that looks somewhat like us. 1 Corinthians 15.49 says this, Just as we are now like Adam, the man of this earth, so we will someday be like Christ. What was that, 1 Corinthians? 15.49. Paul was saying, just like we were, we were like Adam in the resemblance of this flesh, the man of the earth, so we will someday be Christ-like. There's going to be an end. It's in the Bible. Do I know when it is? No, I don't. There is a uh, Revelations class on the end times, if you want to sit through that. And if you've signed up for that, it scares me. Revelation scares me, and the end scares me. It doesn't scare me because I'm not ready. It scares me because I haven't done enough. And you say, well, what does that matter? What it matters is my mission is to every day live the gospel. And every day that I don't live the gospel, it's not a day I can get back. And in that time that I'm not living it, somebody is missing out on it. Somebody is missing that opportunity because they're in my circle. That my voice was ordained for them to hear. And somebody's in your circle. That you've been ordained for their voice to hear. And you say, oh, God only gives them one chance. No, God gives us a bunch of chances. But are we going to capitalize on those opportunities? And are we going to fulfill the mission? John, 1 John 3, 2 says this. We know that when Christ comes again, we will be like him because we will see him as he really is. We know when Christ comes again, we will be like him because we will see him as he really is. When we are Christ like, we take on the identity of the father. He knows us not by our works, not by our deeds, but he knows us because we are called by his name. And the next one, we were made to serve his purpose. We were made to serve his purpose. Ephesians 2 and 10 says this. God has made us what we are in Christ Jesus. God made us 
to do good works, which he planned in advance for us to live our lives doing. He has set this purpose before us. He has planned it in advance. You ever think, I think this way sometimes, and I'm oftentimes proven wrong. I had this life that was outside of the Lord. And I came into the Lord, and God forgave me, and He loved me. And you know what? I started to get this idea that God didn't want anything to do with that part of me. God knew that part of me. And there were things that came into my life during this part of me that God's going to use in this part of me. It's called our testimony, right? If I deny all of this back here, then I'm not living the ordained, planned life that God has set me forward in. God knew that I wasn't going to walk into a Pentecostal church and hear the Word of God till I was 20 years old. He knew that. He kept me the whole time. I could have been dead, but He kept me. And He ordains me to walk in this mission the way that I'm not. Yes, we're not looking back at those things. But we're also not forgetting those talents and that stuff that was in our life from when we were born. We're bringing that with us and we are accepting all of it. Because we're in His image and we're walking in that glory. So now it's not defiled by the enemy. It's not defiled now. What it is now is it's lifted up. And our purpose has become Him, our whole self. There are some that think they've got to just let all that go. Yeah, let the sin go. But all the talent, don't let that go. Bring that with you. Because you're going to come across somebody that's going to have the same life experience. And if all you've got is your suit and tie on and you're looking all prim and proper, and they're wanting to build a testimony of real life Jesus Christ, and we're going, I don't know, I've always been this way. We're missing it. We're missing the message that the, the, the disciples took out into Samaria and into this world. And so we have to take that with us. And we, re- we have to realize that technology is not working good. We have to realize that he made us to do good works, which he has planned in advance. The whole thing he has planned. The whole project he has planned. Next one. We were made to last forever. We were made to last forever. Some might find that a little confusing. Well, I thought we were just in an earthen vessel. Ecclesiastics 3 and 11 says this. He has planted eternity in the human heart. Our soul. Our soul is going to last forever. This, this body is going to fade away. But our soul is going to last forever. There are some younger ones in here. And you're thinking, I got my whole life ahead of me. And maybe you do. Maybe you do. But the minimum median age of the United States is 86, 85, somewhere in your 80s. It's not 106. It's not 120. It's not 546. It's not Methuselah ages. It's 86. 86 years we get to maybe walk on this planet. If God allows it, he doesn't come back. 86 years we get to operate. But it's our it's eternity. That matters to this soul. And our mission is to get to that eternity. Because there's only two sides. And I talked about that earlier. Ephesians 1 and 10 says this. For this is his purpose. That when the time is ripe. He will gather us all together. To be with him in Christ forever. The mission is to end eternity. In the arms of our savior. 
The mission is not just to walk until we get tired and then give up and throw it all away. The mission is eternity. The next one, this life is preparation for life in eternity. When I read about heaven, I read about people shouting, holy, 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 holy. I don't read about basketball games, Brother Grimaud. I don't don't read about Sunday at 12 football games. I don't read about going to the grocery store. I don't I don't read about driving your car. I don't read about working at State Farm. I don't, I don't read about what I read about is the 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 vast witness shouting holy, holy, holy and worshiping the king. And that's what I read about. And if our mission is eternity, then we've got to start instilling that in ourselves right now. We've got to start really loving the Lord right now, because for eternity, for eternity, we're going to be shouting holy. Holy, holy. And if we can't shout that right now, we're just not focused on the mission. Because our mission is to be in eternity with him. Our mission is not to be in outer darkness with weeping and gnashing of teeth. That is not. But those are our two choices. We don't like to talk about those two choices. Because it gets heavy again. But the purpose of the mission is not to be heavy. The purpose of the mission is to keep our eyes focused on him. So we keep moving in that direction. We first, we are discovering our life mission. I hope, I hope I'm getting it across. First, we must understand God's overall purpose in creating human beings. And that was Jesus's mission on earth. The problem is our sin has broken our relationship with God. Isaiah 59 and 2. Our iniquities have separated us from our God and our sins have hidden his face from us. Our iniquities. God's solution, He took the initiative to bring us back to Himself. John 3.16, for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. Whoever should would, whoever would believeth on Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. God did not intend for any to perish. We have been given and have received the greatest message that has ever come to this earth. It's better than sliced bread. It's better than the wheel. It's better than anything. It's this treasure that we have. And when we don't share this treasure, we're not doing ourselves or this world any justice. And we're definitely not following the mission. Second Corinthians five nineteen says this. God was in Christ restoring the world to himself. What was Jesus life mission? Luke 19 and 10. For the son of man came. To seek and save what was lost. Some of you were some of you were sitting there right now thinking, "Man, I came to learn out learn what my mission was," and you're just giving me a Bible study. Yep, because <laughs> that's the mission. The Bible is the mission. The thing we hear every Sunday is the mission. The mission has never changed. Our pastor doesn't preach the miss, mission any different. You go to any apostolic, holy, oneness church and you're going to hear the same mission. That's the point. We've been hearing it. Now we got to start activating it. Seek and save what was lost. John 18, 37. This is why I was born, Jesus himself, and came into the world to tell people the truth. What would that look like if we really grasp a hold of that 
of that. This is why I was born. To tell the people the truth. And not to tell them that that dress looks ugly. That's not the, that, that is the truth, but that's not the truth I'm talking about. The truth is in the gospel. What if we really said, I was born to tell people the truth. Not to stand behind a pulpit, but I was born to tell people the truth. I was born to tell people. That, that's my mission. And that's the mission that Jesus had. John 10 and 10. I came to give life. Life in all its fullness. I came to give life. Again, if we're living like Christ, we're living like this mission. John 12, 46. I have a lot of scriptures. I'm probably going to have to skip some things. I have come as a light to shine into this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer wander in the darkness. How many of you ever lived in the darkness? How many of you just weren't born into this? There was a point in time you were in the darkness and then you came into this great light. And it maybe took a little bit for your eyes to get accustomed to it. But once you really started looking around, you just started looking and going, man, I was missing out on a whole lot. I was missing out on a whole lot. Look what God brought me into. I'm not even deserving of this. But look at what God had brought me into. Now then go tell that to somebody else. And witness somebody doing that in their own life. It's the greatest thing in the whole world. It's the greatest thing because you laid your life down. In order to tell somebody else. And that revelation, when that revelation clicks in them, and you had nothing to do with it except the conduit through your mouth for Jesus to talk to. It's the greatest feeling in the whole entire world. Because you have hit that mission on your list. You don't cross it off. You just put a check mark on it. And you go, yep, I got them. Now I'm going over here. And you begin to live the way that Christ lived. Luke 4, 43. I must tell the good news about God's kingdom. This is what I was sent to do. Again, man, if you don't take anything else from this class tonight on the mission, grab Jesus's mission from Luke 19 and 10, John 18 and 37, John 10 and 10, John 12, 46 and Luke 4, 43, because he lays it flat out. And if we remove the name Jesus and we insert our own name, no, that's not. Whatever that word is when you, whatever. That's not that. What it is, it's beginning to put ourselves in the mission field of Jesus Christ. Why Jesus' mission should matter to me. If I want to be like Jesus, my life mission must include his mission. Jesus prayed to the Father this in John 17, 18. In the same way that you gave me a mission in this world, I give them a mission in this world. He's talking... Jesus was praying to the Father about the disciples and about the apostles. And we like to think that it stopped with the twelve. But this mission resonates to us today the same that it resonated with those twelve. It's all a matter of do we want to pick it up? Or do we just want to leave it in a little treasure box that it's sitting in right beside us and keep ourselves in the spin cycle? Jesus expects me to continue his mission. I've got five minutes The five great commissions of Jesus. Number one, and I'm not going to read them. Number one, Matthew 28, 19 19 through 20. Basically, that says go and make disciples of all nations. Mark 16, 15 through 18. 
Go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Number three, Luke 24, 44 through 49. These are the words which I spake to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the laws of Moses and the prophets of Psalms concerning me. Everything was ordained and everything was set in time. God is not going around. He is fulfilling. And by us following in the mission is fulfilling of God's plan. Number four, John twenty twenty one, As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And number five, Acts 1 and 8, you will receive power. Not power to pick up buildings, but the power of boldness. <coughs> to take the word into the world. To take the word into a culture that doesn't want it. Into a world that's building walls around it. To a society that's trying to shut it down. It's getting that boldness and the power of the Holy Spirit to not matter where you're going to go with it, what's going to happen to you once you get there, and what it's going to look like. It's just about taking the gospel and realizing that this body is going to fade away anyway. Our mission might as well be filled with the gospel of Jesus Christ and know that our eternity is in firmly in his hands. Because once we're in his hands, the Bible says, there is nothing can remove us from his hands. The only thing that can remove us is when we say, let me go. The devil himself cannot take us from his hands. What happens is, is we just leave that treasure of a mission right there. And we get caught playing back here in the plan of salvation. And we think that that's it. What do I do after I repent? What do I do after I'm baptized? What do I do after I'm filled with the Holy Ghost? And that was the reason that he said power. Because the power, again, wasn't for yourself and myself. The power, again, was for us to go into this world and take on Christ's image. How far have I got? Because I didn't get very far. The first page. The first page. To where it says why Jesus is mentioned. All right. Oh, after that, it's like sharing the gospel is mine. Sharing the gospel is my responsibility. Ezekiel 3.18. 1 Corinthians 9.16. And I don't think I have this down, but write this down. If I'm a Christian, my mission is not optional. If I'm a Christian, my mission is not optional. Sharing the gospel is a privilege. 2 Corinthians 5.18 Romans 1.16 The next one. I'm grateful for what Jesus has done for me. Grateful. Sorry, I took way too much time at the beginning. Ephesians 2.12. Romans 1.14. 2 Corinthians 5.14. All right. How about this? 
How about if you want a copy of this, you write your email address on the back of this, and I'll send it to you. Because uh, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get enough. And and to be quite honest with you, this is all scripture. I didn't come in here tonight with my opinion on what a mission should look like. Because to be quite honest with you, if it, if it's not your personal self grabbing hold of the mission, my words are just going to go. The word of God is not. The word of God is alive and active and it's going to find and it's going to seek out and it's going to it's going to find that place that's hungry. But if I give you my opinion of what what the mission is supposed to look like, it's not it's not relevant to you. But when we search the scriptures out, it becomes alive. The scripture gives us the depth and the revelation can only come through God. It's why preaching is so wonderful when we preach and teach. Because it's the word of God that goes out and it's like, oh, I never saw it that way. It's not my opinion that makes it sound that way. It's the word of God, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And it's the same thing that it's a non-believer when we take it to them. It's not a struggle. It's not a struggle when we take the gospel. You know why? Because it's a privilege. And taking it back to my son, when he takes the garbage out and he wants to, he enjoys it. He won't admit that to you. But he comes in and he says, hey, guess what, Dad? I took the garbage out. How proud is he that he took the garbage out? Guess what? When we take the gospel, we find somebody. And we go, guess what? Because we have grabbed a hold of the mission. We have made it ours. And we begin to walk with it. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for just the privilege to be here tonight, God. We thank you for sharing your mission with us, Lord. We thank you for wrapping us in your arms, God. And we thank you for loving us enough, God, not just to leave us in the spin cycle, God, but to propel our feet forward in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So if you want, just... uh...